Chapter 7. Epilogue. Where next for the pharma saga? Could global events send the industry off topic? We are coming to the end of the story of pharmaceutical R&D for 2023. The ongoing saga inevitably has many loose threads which we will pick up on again in the ineluctable sequels in subsequent years. But like many a good literary novel does, let's try to tie a few things up in the epilogue. We can also speculate here as to what might happen to our characters in future volumes. After the seismic events of the past few years, 2022-23 appears to have been a period where pharma settled down to very much business as usual. There really isn't a strong storyline to latch onto this year, as our analysis have shown. It was a period striking for its stability and lack of change. If you wanted to sum up the year with a one-sentence review, you could probably say there was a bit more of pretty much everything and leave it there. Overarching trends and surprising plot twists have been thin on the ground. Probably no bad thing after the grand guignol of the pandemic. Not every novel needs to be a Mary Shelley-like gothic horror. Sometimes bland affair can be just the comfort read you need. This is partly due to the fact that, although it hasn't gone away, the threat of COVID-19 does seem to have finally been defanged. Ex-China at least. In Western countries, although the virus still produces new waves of infection, our immune systems are now largely primed by a combination of broad vaccine uptake and past infection. The number of people who seem to have completely escaped at least one bout of infection is dwindling away to nothing. We've pretty much reached the fabled herd immunity. You can add to this the fact that management of serious disease has come on leaps and bounds from the experience garnered over the past three years. As a result, in the UK at least, where I'm writing from, COVID rarely makes the news anymore. The story has moved on. The disease is well on its way to becoming just another one of the plethora of seasonal respiratory viruses, which are a nuisance but hardly impact our daily lives. Let's not forget that, as I was writing this report last year, the Omicron variant was sweeping the world, and we were wondering whether this would ever end. We're not entirely out of the woods yet, though, with the deteriorating situation in China at the time of writing still having the potential to throw a spanner in the works. As the ruling Communist Party suddenly and unexpectedly abandoned its controversial and ultimately untenable zero-Covid policy from December 2022 onwards, the country has been hit by waves of infection. Cities have fared particularly badly, with Beijing being Polak's first, and at one time it was estimated that 80% of China's population was affected, causing many parts of the country to run out of analgesics and similar cold and flu remedies. At the time of writing, mid-January 2023, it's looking like COVID-related death rates in the country may be peaking. But with vaccine take-up and quality in the country so low, there are likely to be subsequent waves, especially with the peak travel period of Chinese New Year imminent. While it doesn't necessarily follow that high levels of virus in the population make the emergence of a new, more dangerous variant more likely, this is still not beyond the realms of possibility a fact that must cast something of a shadow over a world which is enjoying being in the sunny uplands of a supposedly post-Covid world. The way that China has handled the pandemic has had broader consequences for its own pharmaceutical industry, and by extension also for the global pharma R&D community. Domestic confidence remains low, with the prospects of an improvement in the investor environment in the near term thought to be slim, 
The country has also gone through another round of drug price cuts in its annual review, further jangling the nerves of the industry. Meanwhile, some Chinese companies filing US NDAs on the back of China-only trials have found the FDA to be not as receptive as they might have hoped. This is all occurring in the context of generally worsening Sino-American relations. And in the background always lurks the issue of Taiwan and whether China might now feel emboldened to make a move on the disputed territory. Something which undoubtedly upped the ante on this last year was Putin's decision to invade and wage war on Ukraine. Quite apart from ratcheting up the east-west tensions, the prolonged conflict has affected pharma R&D in a multiplicity of ways. It further destabilised supply chains still wobbling from Covid-initiated disruptions and has impacted global contract research organisations that conduct clinical trials there and in the surrounding region. And of course it has further exacerbated already volatile energy prices, pushing up costs for everyone, including the ever-energy-hungry pharmaceutical industry, further fueling inflationary pressures on an already struggling global economy. Against this backdrop of multiple destabilising events in 2022, it's a wonder that the pharma R&D pipeline remained as stoutly anchored as it was across the year. Let's turn our attention to what may or may not happen in 2023, as we indulge ourselves in a bout of speculative fiction. Speculative fiction is a literary genre which includes situations or topics not recognisable in the real world and can include science fiction, fantasy or dystopian novels. While it can often involve wild ideas, one of its functions is to comment on current trends, often serving as an allegorical warning to the world on how things might pan out if unchecked. Famous examples include Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, 1932, Anthony Burgess's A Clockwork Orange, 1962, and Philip K. Dick's Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, 1968. While we don't wish to indulge in flights of fancy too untethered from reality here, a little near-term crystal ball gazing always piques the reader's interest. The big unknown, as it approaches its unwelcome first anniversary, is the war in Ukraine. With no sign as yet of anything like a peace deal, it may come down to a military conclusion, with some analysts believing that a Ukrainian victory could come as early as this spring. Others are more gloomy, expecting the conflict to drag on, possibly up until Putin's grip on power weakens. A worst-case scenario is further escalation, but the likelihood of this does seem to have receded. A spring end would obviously be the best option for the global economy and the pharmaceutical industry, allowing both to fully emerge, finally, from the shadow of COVID-19. The other great uncertainty, as intimated earlier, is whether the pandemic is really over and if we can move to treating COVID as just another seasonal disease. With China such a major source of active ingredients and manufacturing for the sector, the emergence of COVID-19 massively disrupted supply chains even more than the Ukraine war has done and drove a move towards increased onshoring. Some industry players are wary that the political temperature may rise further in the year ahead, leading to extra difficulties. Speaking to our sister publication, Scrip, Michael Cruz, COO of Renio Pharmaceuticals, speculated that globally we could see increased trade tensions with China and possibly India. I think every organisation that is manufacturing or sourcing from these countries and others needs to be very aware of their supply chain and how they can mitigate disruptions should they occur. 
On the same lines, Susan Conroy, CEO of Therakind, commented, Political instability and conflicts may limit access to drugs, excipients, processes, and it may be overcome by operating multiple manufacturing facilities, having a robust distribution infrastructure, and putting greater emphasis on developing stable medicinal products that are easily transportable. Cathy O'Brien, VP for International Sales at UPS Healthcare, noted that, With the need to distribute billions of doses of COVID-19 vaccines, we saw new and expanded supply chains built and tested in record time. But warns that the effort to reshore may be more complicated than governments think. Macroeconomic factors also threaten to make 2023's story more of a thriller than a work of poetry. With inflation running riot in many countries and recession underway, additional interest rate rises might further push up farmers' costs. Many of the industry commentators quoted in script have used the term headwind, such as Technova's CEO Stephen Gunstream, who stated, The current market environments provide a strong headwind for biotech and pharma in 2023. Unfortunately, I believe this will limit investment in novel early-stage therapies due to the desire to conserve capital in the first half of 2023. First Wave Biopharma CEO James Saperstein concurred, noting that the investment climate could continue to be difficult, especially if interest rates rise. Pressure from rising costs could affect the pace of drug development, according to Jody Staggs, interim CEO of SWK Holdings, who predicted that some life sciences companies are experiencing challenges with escalating costs from clinical trials. Driven by inflation, difficulty staffing and challenges in recruiting patients. This can have a material impact on how drug and medical device makers advance their programmes. Higher clinical trial costs add to a company or programme's cash burn, while skewing the revenue needed to justify funding certain programmes. But opinion is split on whether things will get worse before they get better. In a survey carried out by our sister service, Evaluates Vantage, in early November 2022, among public and private investors, bankers and other biopharma industry employees, 60% thought that the US biotech market had already bottomed out. But of those who thought it had further to fall, a quarter believed that the nadir may not be hit until 2024 or beyond. If the rising costs and a difficult economic environment could lower investment and slow or halt certain R&D projects, what are the prospects like for deals in 2023? Another of our sister services, Biomed Tracker, reported 2,600 pharma deals during 2022, including 1,340 financing deals. Both of these numbers were strikingly lower than their 2021 equivalents of 3,148 and 1,610, respectively. However, the tone of the commentators seems notably optimistic for this year, with many hoping that the negative deal-making and funding environment might have bottomed out in 2022. Richard Wilson, Senior Vice President at Astellas Gene Therapies, told Scrip. I'm expecting we might see an uptick in deal-making in 2023, as larger organisations think that the time is right to start making more moves. Andrew Harrow, a partner in Goodwin's Life Sciences Group, concurred. From an M&A perspective, we're expecting deal volume to increase in 2023, with corporate-led M&A leading the way.
he said. Biopharma evaluations have fallen both in the private and public markets, and pharma companies are still sitting on plenty of cash. Further, the need to fill their product pipelines remains. All of this, and the fact that the capital markets are still probably not a viable alternative option for most companies, should lead to an increase in M&A activity across the market. So, it's certainly not all doom and gloom, despite major disrupting forces in the world at large. As we reach the conclusion of our epic tale, like many a novelist whose work has been full of jeopardy, intrigue and drama, we would like to provide something akin to a happy ending. The loose plot thread of just how successful 2022 ended up being for the industry will be tied up in the companion volume to this report, The NAS Supplement, which looks at those drugs whose stories reached a satisfying conclusion during the year, focusing as it does on all of the new active substances which made it to market for the first time during the course of the year. But our focus here is on the pipeline itself at the start of 2023 which, in a tale full of incident, war, pestilence, etc., emerges at the end of our story in a pretty decent state. Like a character in a good novel, it has certainly been on a journey over the past few years, and is older and wiser, having learnt a few life lessons along the way. The COVID-19 pandemic has certainly been one of the major drivers of narrative change and has left lasting differences in the way in which the pharmaceutical industry conducts its business and, in particular, its clinical trials. But in many ways, these changes were not revolutionary and were underway already, and the pandemic merely accelerated change. Just as many businesses were already exploring hybrid working models, pharma was already looking at decentralised trials. Rather than ripping up the novel's first draft and starting again, COVID just hastened a few necessary rewrites. The pharmaceutical industry enters 2023 admirably unperturbed by the events which have buffeted it. While hardly having sailed serenely through the storm, it hasn't ended up shipwrecked either, a la Daniel Defoe's Robinson Crusoe 1719. The take-home message from our magnum opus this year is that pharma R&D continues to grow pretty much across the board. There has been comparatively little year-on-year -year structural change in terms of composition of the pipeline and its characters, just gentle and therefore hopefully sustainable growth. This is what pharma needs if it wants to continue to be the never-ending story. Michael End, 1979. The Pharma Project's Pharma R&D Annual Review will be back again next year to critique the next chapter. I rarely end up where I was intending to go, but often I end up somewhere I need to be. Douglas Adams, The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, 1988.